Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Hi, I'm Christine and I'm an alcoholic. Um, and welcome to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Um, this is uh, the first recording of this show, and I have my sister friend with me, Jennifer. Um, say hi, Jennifer. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm Jennifer. I'm a grateful alcoholic. <laughs> and we are, we are, you know what, the, the deal with this um, is we um, pray that we uh, are able to reach uh, the person that is still suffering, the person that was was us at yeah. one time. Absolutely. Um, you know, th- I want to give a quick um, a quick history. This this all has happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, just within the past three weeks, I, Jen, I don't know if you realize that. Um, several people had had suggested that I do something like this, um, but it wasn't until Jennifer came into my office. We we office in the same building. She came into my office, and and um, I had been sharing. Um, about uh, another person, and 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 uh, Jennifer said, "You you need an audience." Do you remember saying those words oh, to me? Yeah. You need an audience, and and um, it, that for some reason those words stuck with me, and so I went to social media and I said, "I want to do this," and I don't have a mm-hmm. clue how. And um, you know, to to look back at the last three weeks now, how what God has done. I mean, it's just been oh my goodness. You know, uh, you know, I I basically said okay, I'm willing, and which is pretty important, right, in oh, our yeah. lives because um, that willingness, you know, um, and open, yeah, you were right, open, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So you know, it, it became a, a way with Rogue Media here and and beautiful Mike that's helping us and and. Um, uh, the name, you know, purpose driven sobriety. Purpose driven sobriety is recovery. You know, mm-hmm. purpose driven. You know, the, being sober and recovery is t- two different things to me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can't imagine just not drinking. Oh, so, God. so purpose driven sobriety um, is just a, um, a, a beautiful name. And then, you know, the the means and the people that have wanted to be involved, including yourself. And thank you for being here with me. Hey, you're welcome. I, I didn't, um, I, I didn't, I, you know, I'm a chicken and I didn't want to do this first one by myself. And so, <laughs> but, but my goal for this first, um, this first meeting here, um, this first conversation, you know, I, I, I've said I, I feel uncomfortable calling it a show. Mm-hmm. It's just a conversation. You know, this is just, um, you know, it, it, I'm a, I, today marks 11 years um, for me to be sober. Literally today. Whoa, March happy birthday. Ma- thank you. March 14, <laughs> so 2012. Um, and so my goal for this um, this conversation is to, for the people that are going to be listening in the future to this podcast, um, for them to know a little bit about me, because I'll be, I'll be, you know, wel- welcoming yourself. You're coming on soon. Okay. So y'all be listening for Jennifer to come on. Um, but, but for me to qualify 
to to know what I'm talking about. I'm oh, yeah, I'm a pro with this. I, I girl <laughs> do I sister friend. I qualify. You know, um and and so, you know, a little bit about me. Um, you know, I my husband and I have have five kids. We've got at the moment we've got six grandbabies. We um you know, we have a, a, a small mortgage company um, here in, in Central Texas. Um, and, you know, I, man, March 14, 2012, you know, I, I just came from a, a, a recovery meeting and I had arrived there early and, and um, I arrived there about 15 minutes early so that I could just sit in that parking lot for a moment and just remember. And you know what? It's not hard. It's not hard at all to. And I'm Go right back I, to it, I, don't you? I, you know what? In a second, yep. isn't it? Isn't it strange? So, isn't it strange how how it's such a gift? Yeah, it is. A, it is a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, I sat there and I looked at that parking space and I just thought, you know, Jennifer, come. We, as I mentioned, we office in the same in the same building. And, and Jen, you walked in this morning and and you know, telling me happy birthday and and I'm so grateful for that and and gave me a sweet gift and and um you know I mentioned that at that moment at that moment 11 years ago I was planning to take my life I was done you know I I was I was I was done you know um um you know I had the I had the, you know, the not great at all childhood. You know, I there was um, uh, sexual um, molestation involved, and um, you know, my dad was a was a um, raging alcoholic. Um, it was just not a, a, a great thing, and and that's not the reason. I, I I think you know you can't go okay. Well, that's the reason you drank. There's there's uh, you know a buffet of reasons why um come to find out but but so that was you know um so so growing up was was a challenge in that in that family and um you know I I one of my kids had said to me at at one point you know mom when did you know you were an alcoholic and it's like, well, golly, wow! But what, what is <laughs> kind of birth, yeah. right? I mean, when you when you look back, because I still, yeah. even eleven years later, I still have, I still have those t- some of the tendencies, mm-hmm. right? The, well, yes, mm-hmm. yes, the the um, some of the symptoms, and and praise God, I, I have a program of of recovery that I can work to to do life without wanting to kill not only myself yeah. but someone else. We were just ticking time bombs. Yeah, we? right, right, and so so in. My drinking career started, I mean, when I was, um, I believe I was 11 went at a skating rink when I, again, I always looked a lot older than what, what I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and some older kids were there and they had that, that um, uh, apple country quencher. Do you remember that, <laughs> that, that, that air quote wine and, and they had, they had uh, given me some and, and, and gave me more and, um, they ended up depositing me on my front steps at my house. Right. And, um, I remember the fallback with the parents and, and, but I remember even then thinking to myself, I didn't know what it was, but I, looking back, I, I thought how hypocritical that you're on to me when, when, you know, um, you know, I had my mom picking my dad up out of the median of I-35 at one point in time. And, you know, it just, um, it, it's, it was kind of off to the races. Um, and so alcohol was, um, 
was a thing, you know, not, not all the time, but, but on occasion, but when it was bad, it was really super bad. Um, cause I didn't drink just to, just to, you know, get a good feeling. I drank to oblivion, even at that young age. But as an adult, you know, I, I got pregnant, um, at, at, um, at 18 and, and had my, my first child. And, um, that was a terrible relationship. And, um, I, I didn't know how to have a relationship, you know? Um, so, uh, I ended up getting remarried and having two more children, and and that marriage ended. And during that time, I drank kind of regularly. You know, I was a classy mm-hmm. drinker. I would have a, I would have a, <laughs> oh yeah, I, a box of wine would last you me. Had to have the perfect glasses, right? To go right, with right. The Type of drink that right. you were drinking, but yeah. a, but it, and it was, it truly was. In, in looking back, it, it, it was kind of social to an extent, drinking. But but more often than not, I would drink to oblivion. Absolutely. You know, um, but, but it wasn't impacting my life. And, you know, and then, and then I got a, I got a divorce. I was in my, um, I was in my late thirties, um, and, or no, excuse me. I was in my early thirties when I got a divorce and, and, and started on, on a career and I was very responsible. I, you know, I, I, I truly was, I, I was, you know, at that point, a, a single mom of three kids and, um, I, I threw myself into my career as a mortgage, you know, banker, mortgage loan officer, and um, I would drink on occasion, you know, but but not very often. And again, when I did, though, it would be to oblivion. When I didn't have the kids, it would be blackout, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I then I got with my husband, my current husband, and we that's all we did was drink. You know, I I went to work, I went to work with him. And, um, that would just be what we did. I mean, we, you know, I can remember him, um, during a work day and this was before he and I were involved during a work day, you would hear down the hallway, it's time to Jaeger down (laughs) and everybody would file up, file up down the hallway to the freezer and take shots of Jaeger and then go back to work. And of course that that was great when you're in a career that allows you to do that. I know. Right. Well, and that was 20, that was 25, almost 24 years ago. Um, I and had so, that at, when I worked at Dr. Pepper 7-Up. I didn't have that when I became a teacher. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that would that would yeah. probably be frowned upon um, in the Kinda. school district. But, of course, you never, anyway. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of us. Um, so uh, anyway, um, so we, you know, and then with with my husband Rick and I, um, and you'll hear me, hear me refer to to Rick all the time. Rick is my he's my spirit animal. He's um, he's a pretty cool guy. But but we, that's all we did was drink. I mean, we we you know after he's, hours. He's not even an alcoholic. He's I know he's that's one cr- of those weirdos. Yeah, he's one of those weirdos yeah. that can stop. Um, but it got to be. Um, to where I was drinking a lot, uh, you know, I mean, every single, every day, mm-hmm. um, not to oblivion at first, but every single day there would be some drinking. Um, and, and it just, it just progressively got worse. I mean, you know, 
and and that's what when I I mentioned you know my oldest or my my oldest son asking me when did you know you were an alcoholic and it's like I that's the scary part that's the scary part because we we know mm-hmm. we know that that it's alcoholism addiction you know which alcoholism is an addiction you, you, I am an addict even though it's not drugs and that really right. bothers me when people are you know like I'm I'm not an I'm not an addict I'm an alcohol yeah. alcoholic and it's like oh sweetheart oh, <laughs> oh honey <laughs> yes we same, know your secret same thing yeah don't <laughs> don't don't be a rec- that recovery snob but um Anyway, that's the scary part, you know, knowing that it's in my genes because these, honey, this gene pool is deep with I this know, alcoholism. Like, you're a double winner. I'm a triple winner. Oh, I love alcoholics. I can always so, find them. Yes, and it's mm-hmm. it, this, this, my, you know, all the way back to, and I would, I would love to know, you know, how far alcoholism truly goes back in my family, but I can't imagine it. It, it just like doesn't stop. But, but you know, so of of my three biological children, you know, I've told them, you know, statistically. One of you's doomed. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it it doesn't have to be that way, but statistically, I'm just saying, if you're not careful, you need to be aware of your, of your, uh, you know, of your past, of your, of your, uh, your, your um, family history, you know, be aware of your mental state because Mm -hmm. it just, because it's, it's that one, I had a, I had a glass of tea in front of me. The other day when another uh, uh, another friend who was trying to learn about the program, she's got a sister that is one of us, um, but she asked me, when did you know you were an alcoholic? And we were having lunch um, here in town, and, and I had a glass of tea in front of me, and I said, uh, she, she said, so when did you know you were an alcoholic? And I picked up my iced tea, and I took a sip, and I put it down. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at her, and she looked at me puzzled, and I said, it was that simple, something I don't know what it was. I don't know when it was or how it was. Yeah. Something activated Switched. that disease, yeah. and there was no turning back. Right. There was no turning back. Even if you wanted to. Even, even if, I, if wanted I wanted to. to mm-hmm. Even if I was aware, you know, which, you know, the the drinking, um, you know, God bless him. Rick, you know, he, he has, I'm convinced, somewhere hidden, the largest trophy for being the greatest enabler on the planet. <laughs> Um, just be, and, and he, he almost loved me to death. You know, um, he would make excuses for me. He would, um, he would, uh, it, God bless him, you know, um, he, and he would buy it for me. I could manipulate that man. Oh, I could manipulate him. And I, it was a full-time job trying to figure out how I was going to get it, when I was going to get it, if it could get him to pick it up. And, you know, if I was too drunk that morning to go to work, how am I going to – I know I'm going to be out of it. How am I going to get him to bring mm-hmm. some home? Or, you know, I know I can't drive, which I did a hundred million times I drove that car. I mean, the – to, when I think about how often I drove, not only with my children in the car, right. right, but just how often I drove completely wasted, it makes me physically or sick like to my stomach. Blackout. Oh I my gosh! Driving in a blackout. Yes, not remembering how you got home yep. or where you're. You know, waking up wondering who's mad at me. Where you know, thank goodness. Usually I was at my house. I didn't have to worry about where I was, um, but. It was just, um, it we got masters of that game, don't we? Yes, like, we know how to like work it and 
lie, manipulate and lie. Mm -hmm. And yes, yes, yes. So it got to the point where, um, you know, I would, I would get in trouble, you know, with, with Rick would get get upset with me. And so I would go a day or so. The heat was Um, on. So you had, (laughs) but he would, he would get over it. And, and I, I could never go more than two and a half or three days without drinking. I just couldn't, I would find a way to sweeten him up to where it's like, I could, I could get back. It was just a, it was just a hamster wheel is what it was. And, um, there came a point in time where where I was drinking so much that that I recognized, okay, you know, I, I need to slow it down. You know, uh, it was, you know, one of those things. And so I had gone. Did you feel it, an intervention coming on? Well, no, not <laughs> okay. even at that point in time because it was just, it's so bizarre when you're in it and you, th- <laughs> and you think nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. You know, they, um, well, I had the advantage of my mother being a counselor and in recovery. Oh yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. So she had your number. She would look at me, you know, give me the look. So. But, but it, but you don't even, I found it offensive when they would mention my drinking. It's mm-hmm. none of your business exactly. first and foremost. It's my life, you know, which now I see, I see as just awful and and so selfish and self-centered and I I didn't know how much it was affecting them um but it it got to the point where I tried to stop on my own and I was about I was about almost to the to literally the third the 72 hour mark and it was at nighttime and I'll never forget this as long as I live Uh, it was at nighttime and Rick had already gone to bed and I was on the couch in the living room and I felt myself starting to have seizures. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could, my body was moving uncontrollably. It scared the shit out of was me. Was this in the last year that you were drinking? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and because I was drinking straight, I was, no, I would never drink straight vodka. I, I would mix it with something. But but I, I was drinking, I mean, towards the very end, it got upwards of, of three-fourths of a gallon of vodka a day. Yeah. Um, but, but I could feel, I could feel my body just start moving in, 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 and when I woke up, I was on the floor and it was still the middle of the night. So I, I was by myself cause Rick was in the bedroom and he was to do a, an interview regarding the mortgage business here in Waco, Texas. And this was again, you know, um, 13, maybe 14 years ago, 13 years ago. Either way, it, so so the next morning, I'm still. Of course, I get on the intranet, right, <laughs> and I Google what could cause you know the right. shaking and stuff. So I had already diagnosed myself with all kinds the alcohol. of disease. Right. Yeah. Oh, that that never, never even entered my mind. Right. I had I had multiple sclerosis. I had a brain tumor. Oh, girl, the size of the brain tumor. You can't yeah. imagine how big that brain tumor was. And so we got ready and came came drove in for um, that interview that Rick was going to be doing. And it was at the, it was at our building. And so he's in another room with this, with this, um, this journalist t- giving this interview regarding the, the state of, of real estate or whatever. And I'm in the office and I'm girl, I'm pacing back and forth, trying to figure out how I'm going to tell my husband that I'm sick. <laughs> how i'm gonna tell him that i have a brain tumor yeah or and see i can laugh at it now and 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 god bless you if you're listening to this and and you um 
and you are going through something similar, girl, guy, whoever you are, keep on listening because I'm telling you there's a solution. Um, so, uh, you know, he came into the office and, and I'm frantic, wringing my hands. And I, you know, I have, I have something I have to do. Girl, it was, I could have gotten on the Hallmark show, but, you know, ring, cause I was so, I was so worried about how he was going to react to me being sick, you know? And so, so I, I, I'm like, I'm like, there's something really, really wrong with me. And he's like, you know, tell me more. And, and well, and I, so I told him about the goings on of the night. I said, my body started to move uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up, I was, and he said, did you ever think that maybe it's a withdrawal from alcohol? I see. That's how I reacted to. How dare he? How stupid, yeah. dumbass. That has nothing to Can do with imagine? having a brain tumor. What a dumbass. Right. <laughs> Can't, don't you know a brain tumor when you see one? What is wrong with you? No, that's not it. And, of course, I manipulated him in such a way that he picked up a bottle of wine on the way home to celebrate that maybe I didn't have a brain tumor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was that good. Um, But... But that's kind of when the physical symptoms started, and and it scared me bad enough. And he basically convinced me, you're 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 not dying. You're okay. That's probably just your body getting rid of getting rid of the what alcohol was left. And you know, little did we both know, okay, that alcohol is the only drug you can die from the withdrawal. Yeah. Meth, coke, crank, all of that shit. You want to die, mm-hmm. but alcohol, you can die yep. from the withdrawal. Yep. We did not know how dangerous it was that what I was doing, because quite frankly, I don't even think Rick knew how much I was drinking at that point in time, um, because girl, I had it hidden. Ooh, I had it hidden so good half the time I couldn't find it, so I'd buy more, but um, so that kind of that kind of was the, the start of the physical yeah consequences of me trying to stop so there there hence the hamster wheel I can't stop because then my body tries to die so I have to drink more I have to continue to drink it it was it you know it was just awful I would wake up in the morning and my hands would shake so much I couldn't even hold a pen I couldn't hold a pen. Um, that happened more times than not where I would I would I, I couldn't walk um, you know, from one room to the next without my body just having the most strange, but you get one mm-hmm. drink in me and I was normal. Well, and you, at some point you were normal because you, I used to office right a couple of doors down from you and I would watch you uh, go into your office, close the door and I wouldn't see you except to come out and smoke a cigarette outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then you'd come back in mm-hmm. and then you'd Close the door. Yep. I, I, I saw Rick way more, but. Yeah. yeah. Cause, well, because, I, yeah, I was secluding in there, and yep. I, I would have the little, the, the, the little uh, bottles of, of alcohol hidden in my office, you know, to where I could just get a couple of nips to, mm-hmm. you know, just to get through the day to where I could write, yeah. you know. It was, it's, it was crazy. It was crazy. And so there was, um, I can't remember what happened, and I had gone to the doctor, and I, of course, I didn't go to my regular doctor because, oh, she's such a bitch. 
she had actually looked at me during that time. I had gone in for she an knew ear, too much. An ear, oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, I went in for like an ear infection or something. I mean, just for a real, you know, something was wrong. And she just looked at me and she said, "How much are you drinking?" And uh-huh. I and, and I was, why, why do they do that? I know, so rude. I was so offended, Jen. I was so offended. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm here for an ear infection. And she said, "Let me tell you something. You are." How did she put this? You are um, five years younger than I am, and you look like you're 20 years older than I am. And I thought, well, fuck you. So I swore I wasn't going to go back to her. And I didn't. I didn't go back to her for a while. But I'd gone to another physician because I, you know, I felt I was, I was very nervous. I was very, so when I went to see him, um, I appeared, I'm sure I, cause I was a, a, an actress, you know, I, I could, I could show you who you You're needed a good to actress. see. I've seen you on stage before. Right. I, I could be who you <laughs> needed me to be even for just a moment during that time. And he prescribed me Xanax, oh. which is alcohol in a pill. Yep. No, if you're taking Xanax, no, it's not for your nerves. It's alcohol and a pill, period, hands down. And when you mix that with alcohol, it's not a great thing. Well, at the point of time, it was a great thing. But um, so Amy Winehouse died. And she died. Do you know how she died? She died of an overdose. Alcohol and Xanax. And Xanax, okay. My daughter heard that news, and she had seen a bottle of Xanax at my house and she knew how much I drank. And so she orchestrated an intervention, which, you know, was just great. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was just really great. So awesome. Um, and so, you know, my three kids um, got together with my, my mom and um, they informed me that I would be out of their lives if I did not go to treatment. So they, um, they, along with Rick, Rick wasn't even involved in that because he was so done with me at that point in time that um, he's just like, I, I just can't handle that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he did pay for me to go down to Austin Recovery mm-hmm. um, down south. And so um, in talking with them, they even, my mom had to go buy those little, those little four packs of wine mm-hmm. that they could time and give me so that I didn't oh, seize out yeah. to, to, to go down there because yeah. they said you, you could kill her if you don't right. do this properly. And so I went down to Austin Recovery, and I was the model patient. <laughs> I don't think they called us patients. I think they called us clients or something. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, girl. Girl, I had my binder and I had my in my sticky notes and I had my mm-hmm. highlighter. I had to have a highlighter. I had lots of cool pens, you know, and but my <laughs> highlighters. I had to have a couple of highlighters because I was so organized. Did you did. get it? Did you get a big book? No. Okay. No, not during that time. Um, they were twelve step based, and but they only went as far as like one and two kind of niche, mm-hmm. and then encourage you to go further when you got home. But but I would go to all of the classes and and I handed in all of my work and I was there early and you know I I was sober you know um I, I looking back now it's I can see where I I I didn't know what I didn't know yeah. I didn't know what I didn't know and I, I what I mean by that is I truly thought oh my gosh 
I am sober for the first I can I because they medically detoxed me. They had to right. rush me to the ER once um, because my blood pressure tanked out, and they're like, "You literally are gonna die if we don't take care of this." Um, and so they medically detoxed me. That took, which usually should take about three days, that took a week for me mm-hmm. um, before they could move me out of the detox area into you know uh, general pop <laughs> general population. <laughs> no, but it but it was it was a, it was a vacation not a vacation. I didn't look at it that way, but I mean you know I was I was sober. I yeah. did have a clear mind, yeah. and I thought that that I had tackled it. You know, I thought, uh, done, one and done, I'm sober. I know. But you know what? I remember, though, Rick came down for a a family visit, and it was me and him and the psychologist. And and, um, we were still rocky. He was still trying to figure out if he wanted to still, Rick wanted to still deal with me kind of thing. And I, quite frankly, I was, I was, I wasn't. I didn't have an opinion on the matter at the time. I was kind of focused. I was enjoying learning stuff about myself, but, but I still didn't think I was an alcoholic. I knew I had a drinking problem. Mm -hmm. I knew that alcohol had gotten me to where I was, but, but the term alcoholic, those people live under bridges. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Drinking mad dog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you have it out of a paper bag. Mm -hmm. And so Rick had come down and it's me, him and the psychologist and, and I'll Jen, I'll never forget this. The psychologist said, or Rick said to the psychologist, She's the strongest woman I've ever known in my life. Why does she not have the willpower to do this? And I remember like a jolt, a friggin' lightning bolt hitting me thinking, if that's what you think, if you think I'm doing this willingly, you have to, you have to go back home, pack up your stuff, move on with your life, and get out of my life because th- that could not further that could not be further from the truth. I remember literally pouring vodka down my throat, crying mm-hmm. because I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't. Well, oh, look at that thing. I didn't want to. Did you ever blame God at that point? Like- I no, because I didn't. I didn't know there was a God. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought there was a God, but I certainly wasn't going to pray because I didn't know, want Him to know where I was. Him mm-hmm. or he or her, she or that. <laughs> um, but I, I wasn't raised. I wasn't raised in in religion or church mm-hmm. or. Yeah. I, I the, you know I I would say that church was for the people who dressed up on Sunday and went to the building with the tea on top of it. You know, I mean it's uh, so so no I there was no no idea about any of that. What, what did God have to do with it? I was the one pouring alcohol down my throat, you know, but I, I, I remember right then recognizing that I had been drinking against my will, Mm. that I didn't want to do that. I had to. So you might go, Oh, so that's when you knew you were an alcoholic. Oh no, wait, it gets better. (laughs) No, no, no. It gets better. So, so, you know, there came an understanding that, that Rick saw, I, I, and I think he believed me when I said to him, I am not doing this of my free will that, you know, um, but I'm sober now. So everything's going to be rainbows, unicorns, and puppy dog toes. And so he picked me up, um, down in Austin after 30 some odd days and, and they had, okay, they made suggestions as I was leaving that when I got home to check out some recovery meetings, um, you know, and, and do what they said. I needed to further my, my education and my, um, my recovery, which was silly because I was, I wasn't drinking 
I yeah, was, why, I was already sober. Learned what you need what's, to learn. What's the yeah. point? I'm not stupid. I have my binder to refer back to with all my color coded things. And, you know, Did, had you ever been indoctrinated or knew, known about any kind of recovery? Never. Program? Okay. Never. No, because my dad, my dad quit drinking. Um, you know, thir- uh, a long, 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 long time own? ago. Did he uh, on his have own? cold turkey? Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it showed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now n- knowing what I know now, um, yeah, my dad was a dry drunk my entire life. And if you don't know what a dry drunk is, you know, we drink alcohol for a reason. Um, you know, we may not even know what that reason is, but you take, you know, alcohol was my solution. Elixir. You take the solution yeah. away mm-hmm. and I'm just a fucking crazy person. Oh yeah. There's no way to decorate that pretty, you know, sorry for the language. No, I'm not sorry for the language. That's a lie. It, it, the, you know, the, uh-uh. you take the alcohol away and I, I just want to eat a bullet. You yeah, know, I was going to say, did, did, do you feel like it kept you from killing yourself? Oh, oh, or killing someone else. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was my, it was, it was air. It was food. It was, I needed it to survive, you know. Um, So we come back to Waco and, um, you know, I'm, I'm sober. And so I I do go to a recovery meeting and I sit and I I affectionately at this point, I call it the exit chair because it's the the chair closest closest to to the door. door. Oh yeah. We've all been (laughs) there. Closest to the door so that when all you losers are done talking about your stupid (laughs) shit, I can get the hell out of here and say that I've been there, you know? Um, but I remember going, going to, um, going to that meeting and these people, we're talking about some really heavy shit. I mean, um, you know, um, uh, you know, I had the car accident, and then I flipped the car and was unconscious, and and then people were like, ah, oh, ha, 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 laughing at the most strange stuff, and I'm like, what the actual fuck is going on here? Why I am not clearly you people are not. In, you know, we're not in a drinker like I was, but I conquered it down in Austin. Sure. But, you know, so I didn't have a relation with them. I We weren't on the same level, you know. Mm-mm. So um, you had your highlighters in your notes. I did. My binder. <laughs> I did. And I still have it today, by the way. Um, but but I remember it was it was um, a good two months. I rocked along that way. Um, I would go to one of those meetings. um uh, you know, once a week or so, you know, I would grace you with my presence. And um, then I was in Walmart, okay? And um, I was in the the health, uh, the beauty section uh, with the travel size, you know, the shampoos, the deodorants, mm-hmm. you know, the travel size that you could put in your travel bag. Fun stuff. And a conversation that I had had a couple of years previous popped into my mind. And it was with a a a uh, addiction uh, doctor dude that was down in Temple that w- was talking to me, and he had said that he said, you know, some people get so desperate that they when they come in they have been drinking mouthwash, mm. and that that conversation popped into my mind, and guess what popped into my basket? Okay, um, about four or five of those little bottles of Listerine. Now. Uh, so, you know, that, that was a thing, um, and because I, I, I actually 
uh, shot one of them. I, I chugged it. Just, just, just a little baby one, you know, and, and in the parking lot, right. when I got out to, to the car in the parking lot. And by the time I drove home, I was a little happy. You were feeling good. I yeah. was a little, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't drunk or anything. I was, I was just a little happy or, you know, and I thought, well, you had bad by gosh. before and now you don't. Yeah. So yay. Right. And if, and if one would do that, <laughs> I had four more. <laughs> and so, um, I, yeah, so that was, that was the beginning of the next, um, couple of months where I was drinking mouthwash. And I can remember Rick um, going, you, you, you got really fresh breath all the time. What's happening here? You know, so he was getting, he was catching on to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember my disdain and my, I was so offended mm-hmm. that he would be pissed at me for something like that. It's like, I'm not drinking. I'm, I'm not drinking. What is your problem? I, that's how sick that, that's yeah. how yeah. that disease had me mental it, twists. it it had me convinced that what i was doing was not drinking alcohol although the alcohol alcohol content in listerine is 29.6 or 7 it's or something high. like that look yeah. it up good use google is your friend look it up um yeah i mean it was i was i was offended that he was upset with me because mm-hmm. i wasn't drinking you know um so there came a day on March 13th, 2012, where my oldest son found me passed out in my car down the street from my house. So I had been driving with a, a empty Sam's size bottle of Listerine in my lap. And, um, I had made a, you know, air quote friend at the, at the recovery meeting that I had been going to. And, um, I had her phone number on my refrigerator. And so my, my son gets me home and, um, I, I barely remember anything about that, but apparently, um, he had called that phone number and spoke with this lady and she's like, you should have left her there and called the cops. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, you just, you might, you know, so I, I do remember him as he was leaving, he looked back at me and he said, Mom, is it is it bad that I wished that that was a bottle of vodka? And my soul cried. I remember as I passed out, I remember that feeling of, oh, my God. Right. And so I woke up on March 14th, 2012. And, um, and I just decided enough, enough. Um, would you, you know, say that's your moment of clarity? Um, yeah, um, yes, to an, uh, 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 enough to the, to the extent of I was going to take my life. Yeah. I was done. And, and um, I was talking to another friend about this the other day, and she said, you know, she said, you know, everybody says suicide, you know, is such a, a selfish thing. And it's like I truly, and I would, I'll, I'll go to my grave saying this, that, that in that moment – I genuinely thought I was planning to do what was best for my kids. Sure. Just to put me out of their misery. I was going to do what was best for them. You know, um, and so I started to gather all of the many opioids and pills that I had around the house. And, and I had a ceramic bowl, and I was putting them in that bowl. And um, my phone rang. 
And it was that annoying woman that I had, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, the woman I'm speaking of that, that I had met at the recovery meeting. And, and, um, and I got to tell you, it, in that very instant, you know, she knew with, with me just saying a few words, she knew what, she knew what I was going to do. She right. knew. Right. And she said to me, um, I, I don't know what you're going to be doing the rest of the day, but will you give me an hour? Will you meet me at a meeting? And, um, of course I was, you know, coming up with every excuse and reason and, and she kept saying it over and over again. I, 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 you know, I don't know what you're doing the rest of the day, but what's an hour, what's one hour, give me one hour, you know? And finally I'm like, Oh, okay, fine. You know? And I managed to put on some clothes and, um, and at the time we were living, uh, living about 15, uh, minutes or so drive from, from in town. And, and I remember driving into into town and I was so I was so distraught I sounded like an animal that's the only thing I can I can equate it to I sounded like an animal um and that that scared me I think more than anything it's like I because I'd never heard that sound come out of a human being and um and so I I drive up to the parking lot and and she's I see her in her car and I drive up beside her and she motions motions for me to get in her uh in her passenger side and so I'm just I'm I can barely even move my body I'm I'm so broken I'm I was so broken hopeless yeah I was but 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 a part of me had hope that it was because it was going to end that day you know, something got you there. And yeah. And so, and well, no, I had hoped that it was going to end that day because I was going to take my life. That's yeah. the only hope I had driving yeah. into that parking lot. That's the only hope. And to shut her up because after an hour, I you know, know right? it was just an hour. Yeah. So I, um, I get in her passenger's side and, um, and she puts, she puts her hand on me and she just says, I- I'm going to sit here until you can talk, you know, cause I, I just, I was crying so hard. I couldn't talk. And, um, and I just remember thinking, well, that's fucking weird. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's okay. It's it, so, I was just, I was just in my, all my feels. And, and so she, she says to me, she said, I want you to ask God what he thinks about you. Hmm. And I remember, I remember kind of looking over at her thinking, are you fucking crazy? Do you know what I've been doing? Do you know the person that I am? Do you, you're trying to punish me more? Whoever this God is, do you want, so I need to hear more of what a shit human being I am? No, thanks. And, and, and her voice became elevated and she said, I want you to ask God what he thinks about you. And she said, close your eyes. And so I closed my eyes and she said, no, out loud. And I did. I I closed my eyes. And I was able to get those words out. God, what do you think about? And instantly, instantly, I heard three words. You are worthy and I was instantly calm and I looked I looked over at her and you just swear she saw a ghost yeah because she just looked at me and she's like what do you say 
And I said, I just heard you are worthy. And she said, I, I, I would have to agree. Can we go up to the meeting now? And I didn't know, because like I said, I didn't have a point of reference of, of who, what, where, when, how, nature, he, she, it, right. what had said those three words to me. Yeah. But I heard them just as clear as you can hear my voice right now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wanted to know what that was. What was that? What did that mean? to me you know what what did that mean and so I went up to the meeting and um you know because I'd had a sobriety date right should have been in 2011 but I had a sobriety date so I changed my date to March 14th 2012 and that began a journey you know a um a discovery, a um, a life. I didn't want to die anymore, and it and it was you know I don't know if I was if I had an advantage of not having a conception of God because now eleven years later, you know I can talk to people that are in the throes of addiction and they have such resentments and anger towards oh, yeah uh, towards God you know that that they they're so turned off to the idea, you know, so I, I don't, you know, I, I know now that everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to happen. It just does. Um, you know, and, and, and I was at a meeting just before I came here to record this and, and, um, there, you know, they were talking about having a spiritual experience as a result of doing certain things. Of course, leave it to me to do things bass backwards. <laughs> I had a spiritual experience and it's like, okay, what the fuck just happened? I need to know, I need to know what that was, who that was, what's it, Mm what is that, you know? And I can, um, I can remember asking that same woman who is still in my life today, you know, who, who do I pray to? You know, I've, I've heard there's a Jesus. I heard there's a God. I heard there's Mm -hmm. some kind of spirit floating around. Who, who do I pray? Which one? Yeah. Which one do I? That's right. how little I knew, uh, you know, about uh, about any of this, and um, it just it started a journey of um, trying to figure out who that was, mm-hmm. um, you know. So so for her, unfortunately for her, for the first little <laughs> bit of time, she became God to me. Because I, I needed something with skin on it that I could I could see and talk to. And, 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 you know, one of the most annoying things, and I know you're going to know about this because <laughs> she's your person too. Oh, yeah. Um, when I would, I would be in a freak-out mode, you know, and I would call her and I would go, Bleh. you know, this is what's happening. This was, and she's like, what, is, what did God say? And I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm calling you. You're supposed to be able to tell okay. me what to do. Yeah. And she's like, well, why don't you ask God? And then call me back and tell me what he said. Yeah. How annoying. I, tell me about it. Just tell me what to do. Yeah. You know. But, I need the cheat sheet version. Right. <laughs> you talk to the him all the time. Notes. Just tell me, tell That's me what exactly he said right. about yeah, me. <laughs> you've got a direct line to, yeah. yeah. Well, but but you know what? So early on in my sobriety, every, you know, because she didn't make me call her every day. Of course I called her every day, a couple of times a day, but I would call in the morning and I'm like, okay, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And she would be like, um, 
have you brushed your teeth? She would tell me to get the vacuum cleaner out. Ah, I've seen my, like, with mine was was dishes. Are there any dirty dishes in the sink? Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. She's like, okay, go like, wash How's those. Going to keep me sober, right? Go wash those and then call me when you're done. Yeah. But but you know what? I didn't know how to do life. I yeah. did not know how to be a human being species yeah. on this planet day in and day out. Without alcohol. Without alcohol. I know. Yeah. I, you know, someone would upset me. And, and of course, you know, I, I say that. I would drink when I was happy, when I was sad, mm-hmm. when I was excited, when I was bored. I would, uh, I, there, and I had any reason for me to drink. I thought about. Yeah. That's all I thought about. All I thought about. Um, so it's like, what do I think about now? Yeah. You know? Um, so I, when, when was that obsession removed for you? Oh, it well, the obsession to drink was removed in an instant in that parking lot yeah, when when yeah. I heard I was worthy. I I I it, it was I knew I knew yeah I would never drink again. I knew it. Right. I didn't know why. I didn't know how. I didn't know anything else except I knew that to be now trying to tell Rick that when I got home. He was like, "Oh, okay, we heard that before." <laughs> you know, but 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 it was a re- I knew Unbeliever. Yeah, right. I knew I knew something happened. I just didn't know what it was, it was or different. how to explain it or define it or, you know, and I just learned this last year that she had never asked anyone else to do that that exercise. That close your eyes and Ask God what he thinks about you. She said, I'd, I've never, I'd never done that before. Mm-hmm. I had never done that before. So, you know, I look, I look at my life now um, and the, dis- the discoveries that even 11 years later, because I get to, I get to work a program of recovery for the rest of my life. And I don't have to. I get to. I get to go to a place, a room full of people just like me that know exactly how I feel. Yeah. And and I have a a room full of people and I have a handful of people that I have given permission to call me on my shit. Absolutely. Cuz I got a lot of it. Yeah. Right? Uh, for I've given I've given authority to some people to say to me, you know, when I'm when I'm bitching about something or sharing about something, for someone to say to me, do you think maybe you're being a little selfish here? Or, you know, have you thought about it this way? That it's- or you're acting like a jealous girlfriend. There you go. <laughs> okay, well, you don't have to go get personal. <laughs> we, she and I had yeah. this conversation this but past isn't that, weekend. Isn't that the how our, I mean, what our relationships in recovery are now based on? It's honesty. Uh, can you imagine? I mean, like we, I mean, and here we've had people all our lives who were trying to be honest with us and tell us, you know, what, what their concerns were and what they saw. And we were, and we were just offended by it. Yeah. Offended. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't, you know, that's very interesting that you say that because you're, you're right. It's like you, I, I, mm -mm. it's now if Rick, even today, 11 years later Mm -hmm. is, was to look at me and go, do you think you're being a little selfish here? I would claw his eyes out (laughs) and feed them to the neighbor's dog. Okay, make no mistake about it. I would, uh uh-huh, no, honey, you're not the one. You're not the one that's allowed to say that to me. Now, you can call my my lady and tell on me, and she'll tell me that, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not, mm -mm. mm-mm. You have to, you know, 
like you, Jennifer, and, 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 you know, a couple of other ladies, um, have earned the right to be honest with me, you know, because I don't like the truth. Mm -mm. A lot of times, man, I don't like the truth. It always hurts, you know, but, um, it's beautiful. Yeah. It, you know, the, the, the relief that I get going into um, a meeting and, and just talking and sharing and listening to other people's problems, you know, to know that I'm not the only one that feels a certain way. It's just, it's beautiful the way that it, the way that it works. And I'm so grateful for that, you know, um, and so when, 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 you know, especially when you came to me and said, you really need to consider this podcast thing, that's where I'm like, I am, I am not, I have no shame being an alcoholic. I, there's a, there is a, a meeting, you know, we, we, we live in Waco, Texas. There is a meeting here that it's a, a bunch of business women that we meet once a month. And there's a, at least a hundred women. All walks of life, all businesses, all, you know, we meet at a, a swanky uh, restaurant here, you know, um, fancy. Uh, and, and you know, we go around each of us and, and give a little commercial about our business, you know, 30 mm-hmm. seconds or so, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. You know, uh, you know, this is my name, this is my business, and you know, what have you. And and I remember the first time uh, I've been a member of that group for about two, uh, probably three years now. And the first time I stood up, and I, I, of course, now I, I know it's, it's, it, I, to me, it was divine, but, um, I stood up and I said, hi, I'm Christina. I'm an alcoholic. And the room busted out in laughter. <laughs> yeah. And, and when I just kind of stood there kind of looking at them, they're like, oh shit, she's like, for real. And so it was funny because it something changed. Yeah. It's like they recognized honesty, and I'm like, I'm not sure why I just said that, but yeah, I'm an alcoholic, and and we have a mortgage company, you know, the Cohen Mortgage Group, and and you know, if you need a loan, give us a call, <laughs> you know, and but the but the but the relationships and the conversations that have come from me doing that, and so sub- subsequently, every single month <clears throat> since then, I've introduced myself. Hi, I'm Christine, mm-hmm. and this, as a matter of fact, this last one was this past Friday, <clears throat> and I stood up and I said. Uh, hi, I'm Christine, and I'm in, and the whole room, Jennifer, the whole room said, an alcoholic, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> and I'm like, yes, you're my people, yeah. and everybody goes, hi, Christine, and yeah. so, you know, it's it's become, it's become. But you brought in a lot of people that way, like you, they know you to be open, and you treasure your sobriety, you know, I, I people do. know that about you, Christine. And so like, and, and you've brought people to our little group on Saturdays, you know, to, um, that we're trying to figure it out or maybe they were hurting so bad and, and, you know, they the shame, the shame just, will keep you, yeah. the shame will keep and the you secrets, from moving forward. The secrets for, you well, know, but you know, even hiding it, right. Even in which, you know, we say, you know, secrets make you sick. I don't oh, yeah. care if you're an alcoholic or not. Secrets make you sick. Oh, that's definitely. what's, that's what's going to be beautiful about this podcast is whether you're an alcoholic addict or not, you still are screwed up. I can assure you, you are still <laughs> screwed up. You are screwed in your head. And, and because we, we, we carry this, this, um, this, tr- 
chest, this treasure chest of masks around with us. You know, we have to be this way with this person. Oh, we're going here. Oh, we're going to be here. We got to be, you know, oh gosh. We, you know, it just becomes exhausting. And we wonder why we have anger and, and, and anxiety and resentments and, and ulcers and, and the illnesses that we have. It, it just, it's, um, it, mm-mm. so, so honesty, you know, is the one thing that, but, but in that women's group that I was talking about, the people that have reached out um, afterwards, like have messaged me or have found my phone number and sent me a text message or something and said, hey, um, can I talk to you? My mom is going through this. Yeah. Or most recently, you know, my sister, um, you know, I, we don't know what we're going to do with her. and or, or I'm drinking a lot and I don't know if I have a problem. Or, you know, it, what I have found... Because if you're around me, and sometimes, and it's not, but I think at first, it, to my husband's chagrin, it was, um, if you're around me within a few minutes, not that I'm purposely thinking, how can I work this yeah. into the conversation, oh, yeah. but but I, I end up saying something along the lines of, of being an alcoholic, um, and I don't care who you are, but the beautiful thing that I've found is that when I, when I show my guts, when I show what you think, you know, what normal air quote people think is the worst thing, you know, when I show you that to me it's my best thing, when I show you that I'm not afraid to be exactly who I am, something magical happens with that other person the, because they, they all of a sudden see that they can be who they are with me, you know, and um, I see now that when I do that, I do. Maybe it's a protective measure because when I show you who I am, when I tell you what's supposed to be the worst thing about me, I'm not afraid of you anymore. Right. You can't. You can't have Use something against, on me. You can't. Yeah. yeah right. You Use can't beat me up with me. it. You can't shame me with it. When I'm like, yeah, that's what I am. Mm-hmm. You know. Then we can move aside all the bullshit and be who we are Real. with one another. It's just a beautiful thing, that honesty thing. It's such a it's such a it's such a rare treasure. It really is a rare treasure. That's why I wanted you to do this. Because I felt like you know, you you post a lot on Facebook. I I mean, I'm we're friends for a long time and and I read your memes and and prayers and daily readings, but it doesn't really adequately adequately capture you. You know, and I think your your um, genuineness, your authenticity, your integrity comes through. Thank you for that. When you're talking. And um, you keep, like, you remind me all the time to just be myself. Just be myself, you know. And I, I have to, you're, you're a good example for that. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Well, th- this this is it's going to be fun to see what happens with this, and and I'm I'm grateful to Rogue Media Network, um, you know, and Mike Hamilton, um, for for stepping up and and going, hey kid, come this way, you know, <laughs> don't do this, you don't, you know, kind of guiding me gently, um, but but I've got people lined up that are willing to come and sh- and share their experience, strength, and hope, so um, with a person who is still suffering. I know, right? Yeah. Can you, you know, if we can reach one person to just say you're not alone right. you th- this is not your fault you're responsible this is not your fault and there is a solution there is hope there is mm-hmm. hope that's the one thing that I had none of I had no hope prior to March 14 2012 I had no hope and that was just lies that was all the lies that I was telling myself 
So, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. You know, I have had people step forward to sponsor shows because, you know, my agreement when I sat sat down and had a conversation with God about this because my lady taught me, uh, you know, to ask God before I do anything of, of substance, really anything. Um, but but my agreement with God was I, I want to try to keep my, my pride out of this. I mm-hmm. want to keep my pride out. This is not about me. This is not about me. Right. This is about reaching the people. People and, and the loved ones. I want to have family members on here of, of alcoholics and addicts that you know have gone into recovery with their with their loved ones and 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 what their experiences were and give them a voice. Um, yeah. But but my my agreement with God was I wasn't going to pay for a single thing. And so far and and I don't know where I got twenty five uh, episodes from. <laughs> I just pulled that out of my butt basically and just said you know okay I'll agree to do twenty five. Let's see what happens. And all but all but eight of them now are paid for yeah um so so you know i'm gonna i'm gonna keep coming back to this right here i'm gonna keep coming back and and hopefully um no it's not hopefully god's gonna use this in Mm -hmm. such a way that he's gonna reach that person who's still suffering and um and there is hope on facebook there is a facebook page um uh, purpose driven sobriety um Visit that. There's a private group that you can request to be a member of. My name is Christine Cohen, K-O-E-H-N. Look me up on Facebook and and um, follow. And um, Miss Jennifer, I um, I cherish you. I cherish you. Um, too. I love you. You are my sister. Um, forever you are pretty much stuck with me so <laughs> i do look forward to to having you back um to tell your experience strength and hope um i'll pray about that no well yeah you don't yeah you're gonna yeah we're gonna get you scheduled sister Rand. i feel the same about you christine and um i just i feel fortunate i get to walk this walk with you and i i really do rely on your you know uh, your guidance your friendship you know your sobriety it it motivates me and inspires me. It Thank really you. does. Thank you for that. Thank you for listening to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Keep coming back. Thanks for listening to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Keep coming back. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.